0: Hello and welcome to the Fertility and Femtech podcast brought to you by Zonas where we aim to educate you on all taboo topics in women's health. You can learn more on our YouTube channel or at yourzonas.com. Hello everyone I am Dr Ravina from Zonas. I'm a medical doctor working in the NHS And I'd like to welcome you to our dedicated channel for women's health. Today we'll be talking about menopausal treatments and this is one episode in a series of episodes on menopause where we discuss what menopause is, the symptoms both long-term and short-term and then we talk about some of the treatment options available. So in this video we'll be talking about the lifestyle changes you can make before we step you up to medication and hormone replacement therapy. So let's dive straight in. Menopause affects each person very differently. So depending on the symptoms that you have, we can then tailor your treatment to you. And menopause is very individualized. So you may just have, I don't know, tiredness or mood changes like depression or difficulty sleeping. And so with that knowledge, we can target specific exercises for you that can help you deal with those symptoms before we get to the stage of considering medication like hormone replacement therapy. So in terms of the lifestyle, what changes can you make to optimize your lifestyle and make sure that you are living the most healthy, most optimized lifestyle for you. First thing you can do is have a good diet. Now, what do we mean by a good diet? So typically we like to recommend a Mediterranean type diet. So a Mediterranean type diet consists of protein and lots of vegetables using olive oil, having lots of fruit in your diet and having high fiber so fiber is a food group that is present in lots of vegetables especially green leafy vegetables spinach kale those sort of things and um we'd also like to recommend you to have less salt and the reason for that if you've watched the video prior to this you'll know that in menopause you are at increased risk of cardiovascular diseases so by keeping the salt levels low we can help to reduce that risk of cardiovascular diseases by helping to maintain a good blood pressure. So salt is really important. We also like to reduce the amount of fat that's in your diet. So we don't like too much fat because that can increase the lipids in your bloodstream. And we know that with menopause, you have an increase in your lipids, which is um, another word for fat. So by taking in less fats, we can also just reduce the amount in your blood. Now I've done a bit of research in this area and what I found is they did some research in Japan and they found that people that have a diet that's high in estrogen containing foods, so those are specifically things like soya, can help to reduce or eliminate completely some of the symptoms they get with menopause. Menopausal symptoms occur because you have a reduction in your estrogen. You're no longer producing the same amount because you have ovarian failure, your ovaries stop working. And that's why you get symptoms, you get symptoms because you don't have the high amounts of estrogen that you once had. So by increasing the amount of estrogen in your diet, this paper has suggested that it can help to relieve some of your symptoms. And the reason why they did this in Japan is because the Japanese diet is very rich in soya, soya sauce, um, eating soya. And they found that Japanese people were less likely to have severe symptoms of menopause, which I found super interesting. But of course, this would have to be in a very large quantity. You'd be needing to eat soya for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, every single day to really appreciate the benefits of having an estrogenic diet. So that's just something to bear in mind. Um, not something that I say that you should definitely do, but just useful to keep in mind. So that's the diet. The next thing is alcohol, alcohol and smoking. Now these are two biggies and I think if you've been smoking for your entire life, I can appreciate it's a really difficult thing to just suddenly stop one day as soon as you get to menopause, especially if it's something that has been a stress reliever for you for many years. Now going back to the risks of your heart, your lungs, your brain that you can have an increased risk of during menopause, we like to just stop smoking. And it sounds really easy and I know it's not that easy. Um, but it's better late than never because you can always reap the benefits of not smoking whatever stage you are at in life. So even if you have been smoking for 50 years and you're now becoming menopausal, um, I'm sure that you will be relieving some of the risks that you've put yourself at by stopping today. If you want some more information on stopping smoking, I can link you some quit smoking advice in the comments below. The next thing you can do to optimize your lifestyle is alcohol so with alcohol it's it's thought to be okay in moderation but ideally we it's not something we encourage our patients to drink and the reason for that is because we know that it can make some symptoms worse so things like hot flushes Night sweats, um, mood changes, feeling down, depressed, excessive alcohol doesn't help with those things. You may feel like, you know, if I want to go on a night out, I might want to have a glass of wine. And you know what? That's completely fine. Having a glass of wine here and there is, is not bad. And actually, as long as you have everything in moderation, it can help with some of your mood changes. It can help with some of your stress and um, it can actually just help you feel a lot more normal in yourself if you feel that your body's changing with menopause. So I think it's really important to consider the mental aspect of going through menopause and sometimes having a glass of wine can help. (laughs) Just keep you calm, keep you relaxed. So everything in moderation, that's for alcohol. And the next thing is more to do with your environment. So in your environment in which you live, so your room, where you're sleeping every night, your house, We advise for you to avoid overheating and that's because overheating, having lots of um, heat at you all the time can make the hot flushes worse, make night sweats worse, can make those vasomotor symptoms that we described in the previous video worse. So headaches, palpitations, and um, that's why we like to just keep everything at a constant temperature. You might actually prefer it more cool, so a little bit colder than what you perhaps have had in the past. Another thing that you can introduce into your lifestyle is supplements. So Most people do get enough of this in their diet, but living in the UK where we don't have much sunlight and not all foods naturally contain the vitamins that we need, you may need a little bit of a top up in terms of supplements. And supplements you can get from Over the Counter, Boots, Holland and Barrett, any any pharmacy, any health food store. Um, You can even get them online, Amazon. And specifically, I would say you should have uh, calcium So calcium is really good for your bones and also vitamin D. And the reason why um, I say these two things is because of the risk of osteoporosis and osteopenia, which are two long-term consequences of menopause as you have a reduction in your estrogen, a reduction in your bone density, and therefore putting you at higher risk of fractures in the future. So therefore by taking supplements, you can really help to strengthen those bones, increase the bone mineral density and keep you overall a little bit more healthy. Living in the UK, which is not a sunny place, I'm just looking outside my window and it looks absolutely miserable. So I'm actually quite happy to be in quarantine at the moment because I do not want to go out. It looks really, really cold um, as it mainly does during um, winter in the UK. So if you are living in a place where there isn't much sunlight then vitamin D is something really important that you should actually take all year round. Um, Most of the population are deficient and that's perhaps why so many people suffer from tiredness and fatigue and it's because they're just vitamin D deficient. Um, You don't need a blood test to prove this just take vitamin D and I'm pretty sure it will help with some symptoms that you may have of fatigue. That's just summing up the supplements side of things. Next I'd like to talk to you about exercise so many of you may already do a little bit of exercise walking running Um, a lot of my patients do um, yoga and actually that's something they picked up when they started having menopausal symptoms and i actually find um, i learn so much from my patients because they tell me what they try And they say, oh, actually, you know what? I started doing Pilates. And Pilates have not only helped with my mood, they've helped with my flexibility and they've made me feel much better overall. And so I learn from patients who then I can then tell uh, my own patients, I can tell you on YouTube. So I just find it so interesting and so fascinating to talk to women about what they try to help with their symptoms. So within exercise, what we are encouraged to tell women are to do impact exercises. So weight bearing exercises like walking, running, playing tennis, basically anything that's involving you putting, um, not strain, but pressure on your bones and your ligaments. And the reason why we want you to do this is because as you get older, your bones will get weak and we really need to make sure that your bones are as strong as they can be, but also the surrounding structures around the bone. So the muscles, the ligaments, the soft tissue, and that can only happen with impact exercises. So that's what we encourage. If you are perhaps not a runner, you don't like playing tennis, what we do recommend is doing walking. So going walking at least three times a week for a significant amount of time. So maybe about 30 minutes, perhaps an hour, if you can do an hour so three times a week, and that just really helps to mobilize the joints and strengthen those joints. We also like to encourage anaerobic exercise. So these are exercises that make you breathless. They're things that make you feel really short of breath, and that's because they use up your oxygen supply. They are pushing you to your limits. They are helping you to burn fat, and these are things like, um, as I mentioned, like tennis or running, but also things like swimming. So swimming's great because it uh, works lots of muscles in your body, more so the muscles and the bones. And it helps your flexibility, in, in, especially in water, that helps um, for painful muscles. And it's very good for cardiovascular protection. So exerting yourself in water can help protect your heart, your lungs, your brain. So that's why we love for you to do anaerobic exercise. But alongside that, we also like you to do aerobics, so things that are a bit more, um, not so strenuous, but perhaps focus more on balance, posture, flexibility, mobility, things like yoga, Pilates, um, meditation, that can all help with symptoms of uh, bone pain, muscle aches, mood changes, feeling low, insomnia. So we like women to have a broad range of exercises that they they can implement in their lives. In terms of lifestyle, we think it's really important to adopt a holistic approach to your lifestyle. So, if perhaps you feel, actually I can't change this part of my life but perhaps I can cut down my alcohol, well that's great and we would rather you make small incremental changes over time than try and just do everything all at once. And research has shown that small changes over a period of time are more likely to become habit than trying to change lots of things that may be sustained short term, but in the long term, they won't become a habit. They won't be sustained. So if you perhaps find, okay, let me deal with alcohol in the next three months. I'm going to try and reduce how much wine I have per week. Then perhaps after the first three months, you then move on to exercise. And I would suggest that would be a really good way to help optimize your lifestyle. In terms of of exercise, exercise is particularly important. And the reason why it is, it's because women are generally um and and if you have some risk factors women may have low bone density even before menopause so you know if you're a smoker if you have a risk factor of osteoporosis if you don't have a great diet if you're malnourished if you're quite thin if you're not doing too much exercise then you may already have many risk factors that put you at uh, higher risk of osteoporosis and osteopenia after menopause. And what we what we do know is that women that have low bone density prior to menopause will have a greater loss of bone mineral density after menopause compared to someone who has normal. So that's why it's really important to optimise those lifestyle changes as soon as you can. The other great thing about exercise that I personally um, think is really important is that Exercise just makes you feel good and the reason why it makes you feel good is um, of course we're exercising our bodies, we're getting our heart racing, the blood's pumping, um, it's making us feel a bit out of breath which you may absolutely hate or you may love the feeling but the reason why exercise is thought to be so good is because it helps with your mental health and mental health is so often dismissed as a main, main symptom and complaint of menopause. With exercise, you release endorphins and you also release serotonin. And these are two happy hormones that are released due to you exerting yourself. And so I think exercise not only helps with all physical symptoms and your bones and your skeletal system, but actually helps so much with your mental health. So today we have discussed how you can use your lifestyle to manage some symptoms that you're experiencing during menopause. Now if you want to learn a little bit more about medications that we can prescribe for menopause stay tuned for our next video. If you have any questions based on menopause, lifestyle or women's health questions in general, please pop them in the comments below or feel free to private message me at dr.ravina on Instagram or you can follow us on at zonasfertility. Until next time, take care, bye! (laughs)